On this show of St. Louis in Tune, we're going to return to civility. We're going to talk about a gem in St. Louis, Forest Park, with Dominic Yansky, who's the Director of Communications and Marketing for Forest Park Forever. I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of Forest Park. If we have some time, you need to know these names, Edward Hall and Betty Lou Oliver, and some word of the day and humor. Greetings, listeners in Listenerland. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, government, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We originate from and connect the Gateway City to what is happening regionally, nationally, and internationally. What's the word, Mark Langston? Let's see. Smoke gets in my eyes. I, it's almost foggy out. I don't That's know. Right, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but we're in 2003 in June, and we're getting those uh, the smoke from the Cana- Canadian wildfires. Canadian wildfires. Yeah. And those aren't just small wildfires. It apparently is almost across the entire country. Yeah, there. and they don't try to put them out either. <laughs> don't go there. I know. Which I know. actually would explain. Why their forests are the way they are, and why the California forests are the way they are. I hope this helps when it's all said and done that they've burned up. We have all to that. wait for the first snow. Okay, I know it's been tough though. I wanted to get some audio, and I didn't get it. Like hot time, summer in the city. Okay, or uh, <laughs> oh, know, the lazy, crazy. Oh. Days lazy of crazy days of summer. summer. I know. Yeah, yeah I, I honestly have been hacking a little bit because of it. People uh, who have uh, respiratory conditions, asthma, uh-huh. and other kinds of things, I need do. to be careful about that. I have that some stuff. of that. I smoked for like 30 years. Oh, my. And gave it up. Thank goodness. They but, said this was like uh, smoking four cigarettes a day. Oh, great. That's what I need. Okay, yeah. But other than that, everything's going well. Summer's hot. Summer There's no hot. global warming, from what I heard from one politician, but yeah. that's all right. Okay. That'll be another show. All right. So our return to civility, this is a great one for our guest today. It's donate money to charity in the next 15 minutes. <laughs> donate money to charity. Because, folks, you have to understand that in the Return to Civility book, it's a Speed of Laughter project by John Sweeney, they have the statement in bold letters, and our guests can see this. And then they have little bits underneath. And some of these bold statements are pretty big, and then they have the little bit statements. This one is donate money to charity, four words. And then five words in the next 15 minutes. So you don't have much time, but you always have time to donate to Forest Park Forever. And Dominic Yansky is here. He's the Director of Communications and Marketing for Forest Park Forever, previously at Webster University for, what, almost a dozen or 13 years, something like really? that? Really? 17 years there. Oh, well, even, yeah. yeah, I need to count a little bit more. Wow. A dozen and a half. Wow. Yeah, so he's a communication kind of guy. A Webster guy. Yeah. I love that. Both my kids went to Webster. Oh, yeah. My mom taught at Webster. English. <laughs> Didn't do me any good. But, yeah. Wow, that's good. He's a Gorlock. That's right, yeah. Dominic, I've tried to get, you know that inflatable Gorlock they have? Yeah, there's a few, actually. All right, if one's yeah. missing, I've got it. Okay. It's probably on my front, in my front yard. <laughs> I love that blow-up Gorlock. Okay. So maybe some people new to St. Louis don't know about one of the best gems in the United States that we really refer to here as 
a pride and joy. And matter of fact, I'm not going to steal some of your thunder, but I probably will here. How about it? That for the second year in a row, Forest Park was named the number one city park in the United States by USA Today, the 10 Best Reader's Choice Awards. The best park in the United States. Oh, Congratulations to you yeah, guys. Thank you. Yeah, we're really excited. So who is Forest Park Forever? Forest Park Forever is the private nonprofit conservancy that partners with the city of St. Louis to maintain, restore, sustain Forest Park for really for what we emphasize is a growing, diverse community of visitors to enjoy. And how long has Forest Park Forever been involved? Because I can remember both yeah. Mark and I are St. Louis natives. We're both graduates of University City High School. Okay. We both went to the park when it was... Oh, yeah my words, a dump, uh-huh. yeah. and was falling apart, and now Forest Park Forever comes on the scene? Yeah, and that's exactly why it exists, why we exist. It's, it started as just a friends group in 1986, where people saying, look, this is such an important part of St. Louis, we gotta do something. And it, part of the issue there was that the Zoo Museum Tax District had been created with support from the city and the county, in the 70s and then some adjustments to that in the early 80s so that helps ensure the support for the institutions within the park but not the park itself mm-hmm. and so what had happened over time was just deferred maintenance deferred maintenance tough how city budgets are and having to make tough decisions and so that's how it had come into such decline and force park is unique in that it's not your typical neighborhood park or the kinds of green spaces that that are maybe a block size or something like that. It's right. this completely different animal, but it has all of these great treasures in it, like the cultural institutions, the museums, the zoo, and all that. Um, and in the early 80s, when people were feeling, like you said, like that it's a dump, or people were even feeling, is it safe to go here? Right, exactly. There's overgrowth. The trails weren't really trails. And I, I've heard even the institutions were questioning okay can we stay with the way things are so that's how the our group came about and over time it matured into a a, a non-profit with an ever strengthening partnership with the city that started with a big moment was in the mid-90s where the master plan that kind of really brought a lot of people together and said okay how are we going to not only restore these parts of the park but how do we ensure that they're maintained and how do we guide what goes in into the park and what does not so that was passed in the mid-90s and that's been our our guiding document ever since then but a really important part of what our organization does is is have this close partnership with the city so that includes daily contact with the department of parks recreation and forestry but also there's a a citizens forest park advisory board that kind of assists the director of parks and recreation and forestry mm-hmm. to make sure that things that are proposed or developed adhere to that master plan or in the spirit of the master plan or sometimes as has happened a couple times over the decades does there need to be an amendment to the master plan to reflect current use because mm-hmm. obviously in the mid-90s we didn't have everything figured out or know what right. what was going to happen things change yeah today we're a fundraising arm we're a, a maintenance cooperative arm with the city and you know, for over the last uh, 10 to 12 years we have this 
almost two thirds of our staff are land management people who are the mm -hmm. actual horticulturists, gardeners, ecologists mm -hmm. who are working with the green spaces and mm -hmm. the beautifully designed landscapes and all that kind of maintenance from the day to day. I want to delineate for people who, again, are new to St. Louis, we have the Zoo Museum District, which obviously the St. Louis Zoo, the Missouri History Museum is a part of that, the St. Louis Art Museum is a part of that, the St. Louis Science Center, a part of that? I believe so, and that, yeah, the, did you mention the History Museum? Yeah. And the, the Muni is not part of that. I believe that's correct, yeah. And the Muni's kind of their own deal? Okay, but they're located in the park, and... So you have those particular, what I'm going to call islands, and then you have the rest of the park, which is a lot of the green space, yeah. or the roads, the trails for walking. I like it. It's, it's something in heel. Wheels and heels. Wheels and heels, yeah. yeah. And I, I just wish the heel people would stay on the heel tra <laughs> tracks, you know, rather yeah. than get on, on the bike path. The waterways, mm -hmm. which we'll talk about here in a little bit, but all of those things, so was the master plan and the guiding document initially designed to, hey, let's get the curbing, let's get the roads cleaned up, let's figure out how we're going to design where the golf courses are going to be. We're not even talking about the jewel box, which is another thing there. Yeah. So how does all that play? Because is the jewel box part of Forest Park? Does the city own that? Yes. Do you guys take care of that? Or is that yeah. the city's? Yeah, you know, or? the city owns everything in the park. Some of the organizations you mentioned have a like a leasehold. Okay. But the jewel box, the city owns and manages that, but we help maintain and also now manage the interior greenery that changes over season by season there. But yeah, so it's a city park and they own all these properties, but these institutions have their agreements with the city. Steinberg is another one. Okay, yeah, I yeah. forgot about the skating rink. So the funding comes from the city for the roads? Is that just so I'm... Yeah, in part. And we help raise money, mm -hmm. and I'll go into a little bit of detail. So the, the agreement we've worked under for the past 10 years about, which has been really fruitful, it's helped make things efficient and cooperative a lot, is with this maintenance cooperative agreement and through our last campaign, we raised lots of funds for our organization's endowment, basically to ensure that, okay, these things that we've restored, um, we can maintain them because they're very expensive to maintain as well. But another part was that we sold bonds. We raised money to, to, for bonds that the city then pays back over time. And that sort of helps guarantee that a certain amount of city money is devoted to maintenance and care of Forest Park. And that way, it, that's a long time period that goes beyond different political terms or where there would be, you, you don't want like annual budget fights to kind of interfere with long-term plans that right. are projects that may take four to six right. years long. Yeah, that was a good question, Mark, because I was wondering, what is the city's role here? What is Forest Park Forever's role? Like if there's a pothole, who does it? Or yeah, you know, all it, this kind of, who cleans the snow off? and Right, and that's a lot, and that's why we always reference this, but the healthy partnership. So we have our people who are really good at what they do, and the city has more of that heavy citywide mm -hmm. infrastructure and labor. City streets and pavement, they're doing that all across the city, so they would be handling that work rather than us specifically mm -hmm. doing it in Forest Park. Forestry, we 
for the most part, we plant the younger trees or kind of design and figure out where the best place is for tree planting and early tree care until they're established. But mm-hmm. when you're pruning your large oak that's 25, 30 feet up in the air, yep. they've got the trucks and the teams that, that do that. So a lot of times our teams are working together saying, hey, this tree is looking at like it needs some work. Can huh. forestry come out there and handle that? That's amazing. So, th- th- correct me if I'm wrong. There's no like tax like the zoo has that tax. There's no tax for Forest Park. Like correct. That. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I was wondering. I, I think that's a deficit. I think we need to do. Could that, there be a St. Louis city forever? Yeah. Ruth? I'm concerned with. I know the city <laughs> is having a struggle as it is. Yes. And uh, to, that is a beautiful park, and it's one that's used by everyone. Yes. And that's the other debate. Should St. Charles pay into it? Yeah. Should, you know, the metropolitan area. But we have to start somewhere. And I think having a tax that would maintain this park would probably help, I would think. Yeah. And I couldn't say, I, I don't know about the city budget, how much is devoted to supporting parks in general and then how much for Forest Park. I think Forest Park gets a, by size, a commensurate amount of support from the yeah. city's parks budget yeah that's another thing too is we work with the parks department and we know that our nonprofit by charter is focused on forest park mm-hmm. while our partners have yeah okay they've have about 110 parks across the right. city not right. as big as forest park but right. everyone really important mm-hmm. to each neighborhood yeah. so because yeah, i think tower grove has a similar right. group they it, do not as similar, large but different yeah, yeah it's funny every Gateway Arch National Park Foundation, Tower Grove, oh, wow. Great Rivers Greenway, and we're we collaborate a lot on things, but we all have a slightly different structure or relationship to hmm. the civic support. I'll be darned. So I remember the golf course used to go right yes. through Art Hill, and it's like playing through. <laughs> pick up your picnic <laughs> basket. When was that part of the guiding document? To move the golf course to a different area and expand it etc yes now the master plan if you have a quiet week to to study it's hundreds of pages (laughs) you could go into it it did specify relocation and upgrades to the golf course i'm trying to remember now and i'm sorry that i don't have this detail if it was an amendment to the master plan later that moved that hole off of art hill or if that was in the original plan but i know one of the amendments to the master plan had to do with, okay, we thought we were doing golf this way. We have to make a slight adjustment. But yeah, basically that was it. And we heard from um, people at the time, the popular, what they call the flat nine, oh, yeah. which, that, oh, you want to keep that. I think the history there is huge. Um, yeah. And I think it was over a century ago, but when uh, I guess Dwight Davis first brought golf in there mm. and for a long time african-american golfers could not play there or they could play after hours or something like that and that flat nine actually became a a storied and really cherished tradition for golfers from that community to be walking that flat nine so i I had heard from people who worked on the design back then that it was important to keep that and of course there's three beautiful nine hole courses and then the highlands too which is its own great nine hole course yeah Yep. So there's four then, four nine holes, yes. including Highlands? Wow. Right. Okay. That's right. So you could play 18 and take a break and play another 18. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. And Why they not? have the 
driving range. Yeah, the driving range. There's the, the and then there's an archery range, and you mentioned mm-hmm. something I totally forgot. It was the Dwight mm-hmm. Davis tennis courts yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And so that's, that's been a huge thing for St. Wow. Louis. Absolutely, yeah. So it's interesting. There, there are all these different. The golf and the tennis aren't aren't free, but although they're very affordable, municipal places, and then there's lots of athletic fields that are yep. that are open anytime. The the handball courts. I was just going to say court, the right? handball courts. It's really. I have to tell you. So I've been there a year and a half working with the organization i've of course visited all my life that i've been in st louis but it, it really is tremendous to, when you're there during the day and mm-hmm. all hours just to see the different kinds of people and activities right. that people come out for it's, yeah. it really is that great central gathering mm-hmm. spot for st louis we're talking to dominic yansky he's the director of communications and marketing for forest park forever this is arnold stricker with mark langston of st louis in tune and dominic so we've talked about how the park how Forest Park Forever is supported, and we've talked a little bit about the roles that each one plays, and there's some founding documents which really drive the, not only the purpose, but the focus of what it does. And we've talked about some past accomplishments. There's some current things in the works right now, one of which is, I ride by it on the bike ride around the park, is the East Waterway area, and describe where that is and what's going on with that. Okay. Can I give the history of that? Absolutely. Too? Okay, great. Yeah. I, I don't know if the 15 minutes are up, but you can always support us at <laughs> forceparkforever.org. Got another 15 minutes, folks. <laughs> That's right. Before, yeah. Good yeah. deed. It, part of the master plan. Here, I think this is interesting. River to Pair essentially it created a valley in Forest Park, like Art Hill, if you go back in time. Um, mm-hmm. It's been sculpted a few times, but that's basically part of how River to Pear flowing through this area carved the topography of the park. A lot of people know that River to Pear was buried for the World's Fair in 1904, mm-hmm. uh, temporarily, like wooden. But then over the years, in the World War One and pre-Depression era, they decided we needed to do this permanently. Okay, so you've got River to Pear underneath Forest Park, but it's still low-lying areas where there were lakes and ponds. Now those weren't connected and they could get stagnant they cost more to maintain Mm -hmm. so one of the ideas with the master plan the visions there in the 90s was instead of having all of these separate lakes and ponds and things that can get stagnant unless you keep them fresh individually let's connect them we'll make this waterway that we called the river's return so it's kind it loosely follows a similar track Mm -hmm. to what the original river did but it helps collect and circulate water in the park. It also creates this wildlife corridor. I remember as a kid, I, when it was cold enough to ice skate on a, right. oh, on yeah. a various pond, and, right. and I don't even remember which ones they were, if they had names yep. at the time. Yep. But so now for the, the western all the way toward the east side, all those waterways were connected over the last 20 years or so mm. as part of a previous campaign. In the most recent campaign, we had raised money to complete the east waterways and so those are the major big lakes like jefferson lake is the big one that's really popular for fishing and you can see the central west end skyline mm-hmm. oh, there. Yeah. okay just south of it next to the planetarium is bull lake which you might not especially right now it's empty but right. people might not see it as an attraction it's going to be an attraction when this mm. project yeah, is some finished of it's gorgeous on the website yeah it's going to be nice and there's going to be a, a waterside pavilion designed for education and families mm-hmm. and, and school groups mm. to come out love it uh, but so those will be connected to each other underneath clayton road there'll be a beautiful kind of waterfall cascade on the north side of clayton road going into jefferson lake 
And then that waterway that I mentioned before, it, it really comes to a dead end next to Steinberg, but mm-hmm. we're going to complete that connection as part of this project. And one other piece, Round Lake, which is a little further north, but has this beautiful fountain that's surrounded by bald cypress trees. But that fountain dates back to 1916. Wow. Again, another like maintenance work where we've yes. had a guy out and waiters are on the boat looking for plumbing parts to fix that up. Uh, that lake right now as we speak is drained too because they're going to replace right. that fountain. And those two, like Bull Lake and Round Lake, should be done by late summer. Okay. And then the sort of phase three of the project will be Jefferson Lake. And these will all be connected with the Grand Basin and yes. so like you can get in the paddle boat and paddle <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> the paddling is only for post-dispatch lake to the Grand Basin. Okay. Like it, It'll stop there. But yeah, the water will circulate that way. And it's it uses less water. It makes it more efficient and circulates it nicely. Fishing is popular in Jefferson Lake. Absolutely. So that's an important consideration wow. that we keep the water quality good there. Oh, and seven pools. I didn't mention seven pools. <laughs> <laughs> That's that little Adirondack-style, shallow cascade of kind of five or six waterfalls just to the northeast of Bull Lake. So if you came in from Clayton from the central west end. And that's been out of commission basically for most of the pandemic but we've been restoring that huh. we did a test run the other day it's beautiful on a hot day it was it, you feel the cool temperatures when you're standing next to it is that um, it again it is so it's hidden and if you looked at it from clayton like next to jefferson lake you mm-hmm. might just think oh there's just a bunch of boulders there oh that's mm-hmm. that one on the left hand yeah, side but if yeah going but, towards the planetarium exactly but okay. when you run up to it Oh. Uh, it's going to be nice. So uh-huh. I just saw a test run the other day, but then it's going to be off as they, they do more work mm-hmm. this summer. But it's going to be really nice. Of course, there's another waterfall on the like the west side yes. if you're heading out. Forsyth? Uh, That's yeah, right. As you're yeah, heading out Cascades. that way. We used to ride our bikes over there and play in that. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we loved it. Yeah. yeah. It was... I, I can't imagine that was healthy. I, but, yeah, I can't officially <laughs> endorse that activity at all. But, <laughs> we, I know, we were crazy, but we did. Right. We just ride our bikes over there, and we'd play in it. We always love getting behind the waterfall and having it come yeah. down. And then we go up to the very top. And the Yeah, hot summer day. It's a bunch of dumb kids. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what else right. are you going to do? It's having fun. Yeah, I know. It's staying out of trouble. That's another one we're working on right now. It's Everyone looks forward to when that is turned on uh-huh. each year, and there's prom pictures and wedding Absolutely. pictures. Fortunately, we we had to replace a motor in it a few weeks ago by, by crane lifting in a new motor. Wow. And, and while they did that, they saw another part that's failing. It's off right now as we're waiting the, the supply chain yeah. four to six They to just renovated weeks. that not too long ago, Yeah, a few didn't years they? ago. Yeah, yeah I thought it, so. Yeah, and the landscaping yeah, around it. because it's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, yeah. And on it, not to plug, but that's <laughs> it's. There's all these great places that are really cherished, but a lot of them have that kind of expensive stuff to maintain. Uh, yeah. So that's right. part of the appeal we make to members is we all love this very largely free mm-hmm. space. Yeah. If you can support us or join as members, it really helps keeping it going for us and for future generations. That, that's a great segue because I want to do a commercial for that and say, if you have ever used the park and sat and watched a symphony mm-hmm. concert on Art Hill, oh, gone yeah. to Shakespeare in the Park mm-hmm. or the zoo and have appreciated all the things, skating at Steinberg, mm-hmm. 
played racquetball, rode your bike around, played Balloon. golf there. You've participated in something that doesn't oh, yeah. have any kind of support except from what the city gives and what Forest Park Forever gives. And oh, I yeah. really encourage people, even 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20, 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. And there are some, you just go to forestparkforever.org, forestparkforever.org, and there's a, a button at the top called Donate Now. My wife and I are members. It's great. Mm-hmm. We appreciate the park. And you can help sustain, it's, it helps sustain the wonder because it is the heart of our region. When you think about things that happen, things happen in Forest Park. Mm-hmm. You know? They do. And there's going to be a big event August the 20th, which we'll talk about after our break that's going to happen in Forest Park. So I'm going to tease everybody with that. So more to come on Forest Park. We'll be right back for our next segment. You're listening to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston on the U.S. Radio Network. time that we plan a show for St. Louis in Tune, we strive to bring you informative, useful, and reflective stories, as well as interviews about current and historic issues and events that involve people, places, and things. And while St. Louis in Tune originates from the Gateway City and covers local topics, we also connect what's going on nationally as well. Our topics cover a wide range of arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, sports, and that's just to name a few. We know there's many radio stations, programs, even podcasts that you could be listening to, and we're glad that you've chosen to listen to St. Louis In Tune. If you've missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis In Tune, simply visit stlintune.com. That's STL intune.com there you'll find every show from our first to our most current use the search engine to look for a show that might interest you from one of the many topics that we've covered and drop us a line and tell us how we're doing you can do that at stlintune at gmail.com that's stlintune at gmail.com st louis in tune heard monday through friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great radio stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. And don't forget, check out our website, stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. This is Arnold Stricker of St. Louis In Tune on behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. In 1857, the Dred Scott decision was a major legal event and catalyst that contributed to the Civil War. The decision declared that Dred Scott could not be free because he was not a citizen. The 14th Amendment, also called the Dred Scott Amendment, granted citizenship to all born or naturalized here in our country and was intended to overturn the U.S. Supreme Court decision on July 9, 1868. The Dred Scott Heritage Foundation is requesting a commemorative stamp to be issued from the U.S. Postal Service to recognize and remember the heritage of this amendment by issuing a stamp with the likeness of the man Dred Scott. But we need your support and the support of thousands of people who would like to see this happen. To achieve this goal, we ask you to download, sign, and share the one-page petition with others. To find the petition, please go to dredscottlives.org and click on the Dred Scott Petition Drive on the right side of the page. On behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation, this has been Arnold Stricker of St. Louis In Tune. It's the 
power of love with Forrest Park right. forever. That's it. And it's not Huey Lewis, it's Dominic Yancey, <laughs> who's Director of Communications and Marketing for Forest Park Forever. He's with us and he's talking about the role of Forest Park Forever and guide, in guiding the continuing evolution and sustaining of the park. And before we get going again, I want to mention forestparkforever.org. Let's support this organization because it's supporting our park. And we were talking off air. If everybody in St. Louis gave ten dollars to this, oh yeah, even if half the people gave ten dollars, where bucks, would you be? Come on. Yeah. yeah. So there's there are gifts amount there. I'll just let you go with that, folks. So we've talked about what things have been done in the past, what things are currently going on, but there's plans. I know basketball courts and Steinberg rinks going to get a kind of a overhaul. Yes. Tell yeah. us about that. So very excited about both of those projects. Basketball isn't quite as complex to do, but where we have it targeted for is north of the visitor center, adjacent to where racquetball and handball. Uh, so kind of court sports, if you will. It makes and sense. Yeah, all there. tennis is right near there too. And then Steinberg is, that's another master plan thing mm-hmm. where it had prescribed, turn this into a year-round facility. So, <laughs> not just easier. for ice skating. Yes, why not? <laughs> when it's fifty degrees in the winter. So much gratitude for whoever put that in the plan. No, it's a great idea. It's easier said than done, but Steinberg is another place with cherished memories for St. Louisans. Mm-hmm. But it really only gets that activity about three months out of the right. year. So this is a major capital project we've been working on, going through feasibility and all the kind of review boards and things on what to do with it. So the plan when roller skating was once pretty popular there and we want to make that available again, but also it's this large space that could really be activated so much more. A lot of people don't realize the roof of the building is an overlook for the park. Yeah. Where you can come down from King's highway, but Mm -hmm. I think when it was designed, it was, designed into the hill mm-hmm. almost so that you wouldn't realize it's there like a berm home yeah almost just about but so we realize that's a unrealized opportunity we've been looking at plans to make that a, a cafe and gathering space a sort of community community living room where we'd have a cafe or restaurant manager oh, um, cool. do that a water play feature part of it is it's a large mm-hmm. kind of concrete surface so mm-hmm. during the summer to have water down mm-hmm. on at the rink level adjacent to the rink not right. on the rink footprint and we've done a few events there to just proof of concept that mm-hmm. show hey, if you program this space outside of ice hockey season you will get people so th- there's been the like the red lantern market festival was there uh we recently had our first play day in the park with uh, like spire and the magic house and girl scouts of missouri really pioneered that with us to say okay let and that was motivated on getting kids outside you know away from screens right and that did really well but so it's a major project people don't always realize how expensive ice rinks are and so the ice plant needs to be redone the rink needs to be redone anyway this is the time we Mm -hmm. think to to undertake this major campaign to to make it another like major destination year round and yeah so it's in the early planning design fundraising stages we're trying to push everything forward on parallel fronts but it's going to be 
it, it's going to be one of the the major parts of the master plan that has not yet been addressed. Are there renderings of that? Yes, on our website we have links to that. I think they're on the homepage, but also I think forceparkforever.org/steinberg. So okay. renderings of how the space and it would it preserve the architectural feel originally um, from this building that was opened in 1957. Another thing with that overlook is it's a concrete parapet. So you, even if you walk right up to it, you have to be, you have to see over four feet to, to see the rink below. But so the, in our design, the roof itself would come up to that level and then above would be a clear wall. Oh, even cool. if you're seated, wow. you're able to see your apparent cool. kids playing or you're just enjoying the views of the park with Fantastic. a bite to eat or some wine or something like okay. that. That sounds great. I'm up for that. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> Down for that. I don't know what <laughs> yeah, we're in for that. <laughs> yeah, we're in for we're that. We're not out. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> the wine and cheese. The parks, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the parks always seems to be used for runs or walks. Mm-hmm. I remember the Undy 500. I participated yeah. in the Undy 500 there. Oh, do I want to <laughs> Which, know about Yeah, this? what's the colon cancer walk run. Oh, okay. And yeah. you were supposed to wear, but it was in the middle of the, like, just February or something. It's like, who's going to, and you weren't supposed to run around your underwear. I'm sure there were a couple oh. people that did it anyway, but yeah. you like, you put your underwear over your. It's always one in the crowd. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. And okay. it's to draw, it was a fundraiser for colorectal cancer. Okay. And being a colon cancer survivor, yeah. I participated in that. But there is a 5K uh, Kids Fun Run, also, and Kids Fun Run, August the 20th. Tell us about that. So that's one of our annual fundraisers okay. Um, okay. for the organization. We, we say, like you mentioned, there are 5Ks in the park uh, for a lot of different nonprofit causes. And so this one is ours on a Sunday in August. It's a regular 5K as well as we have a, a thing for the Kids Fun Run, the little ones to run, like usually through that pagoda circle or at the muni and it's our i heart or i love forest park 5k you get a nice t-shirt if you register and one unique thing about it is most of the 5ks are on that eastern side of the park Mm -hmm. to, to basically not disrupt traffic with the institutions on the western side this one's on a sunday and it's a route that's a little bit unique so you run by the Emerson Grand Basin and Art Hill, and oh, you run wow. up to uh, by the Art Museum, uh, by World's Fair Pavilion. So there's what's one of those spots where a lot of people run all the time, but here there's there's no traffic. There's the, yeah. you, you get the run of the street for a, for a really fun 5K, and it's just one of those where it combines the, one of the most popular activities in the park with raising some money to support the park. So does the uh, I have visions of this run going up okay now it's going to go up and down art hill 10 times <laughs> no yeah <laughs> you, you do not you, you can run up art hill on your own time as many do um this will run by it we always have a a photographer getting some iconic shots with art hill in the background and then but what is that fine arts drive that yes. that street that comes up by the st louis statue and right and all that so or that that's uh, yeah so that's part of the route and it's and you get a little bit of wildlife views too on different parts of the route there's a we've talked about this on other shows that we've done but the forest park pavilion or it's the not the world's fair pavilion okay but i'm talking and you guys have taken care of that too yeah yeah it's the one the visitor center oh, it used yeah. to be a streetcar yes 
house or something. Yeah, the Lindell Pavilion, it yeah. was called back in the day. Yeah. And now it's the visitor center for the park? Yes. And so that that's another thing we do is we staff that front desk. And Explore St. Louis, which is a great partner, also has volunteers that, that take shifts at that desk. And th- this is another thing I didn't realize and before I worked there every day, how many tourists, how many people from outside the state but also the country we get international visitors every day who are saying i'm in st louis they told me to go to forest park what do i do and we have staff there at the front desk who show give them maps for the park show them around there but also recommendations on what else to explore in the city people rent that there's a what we call the trolley room a space for like weddings and events and things like that and then also our administrative offices are there and pe- a lot of joggers and other exercisers will rent lockers because it's. I think it's the old golf clubhouse. So in okay, the yeah. bottom level, there's locker rooms there that people cool. can rent for. And it's seventy five dollars to wow. rent a locker yeah. throughout the seasons. That's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So who knew? I never knew. No. Do you have a little bit more time? I do. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Oh, this is great because I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some. You give me like a 30-second answer or a 45-second okay. answer, right? So what is the question that's most asked about Forest Park, in your opinion? <laughs> Very immediately, it's uh, where's the nearest bathroom. That's That's bush over there is... So- Stop, I know. Yeah. It's a rare bush. Don't- I know. Right. We have an online map that uh, marks all the destinations, and it's geo so if you pull it up on your phone it'll tell you where you are and where all the destinations are not the not do you, closest bad do you guys hit really <laughs> yeah. stop do you have a do you have a facebook page by the way oh yeah oh, okay yeah, i'm sure you do okay. yeah yeah, yeah and instagram we're popular there because it's very visually okay. oriented but the um, geo map's really good that's, yeah that's yeah that's good because cool. it tells you where you are and yeah neat but yeah we get world's fair questions all the time where is such and such buried and mm-hmm. what <laughs> So I didn't know this, Mark. Okay. The park opened in 1876. <laughs> and this is what was said at the dedication ceremony. All and right. you probably know this. Okay. This was done by then-presiding judge of St. Louis County, Chauncey F. Schultz, during the dedication, which actually coincided with the centennial of the United States. Oh. He said, I present to you the people of the county of St. Louis, which it was still part of the county of st louis it wasn't the county of the city of st okay. louis i was going to ask your own this large and beautiful forest park for the enjoyment of yourselves your children and your children's children forever forest park forever, forever. i would say yeah the rich and poor the merchant and mechanic the professional man and the day laborer each with his family and lunch basket can come here and enjoy his own all without stint or hindrance and there will be no notice put up keep off the grass <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's cool. I love that. That is cool. How many acres? Um, uh, like I have the answer in front. Yeah, roughly 1,300 acres. Right, yeah. 1,300 acres. And Mark, hmm. can I you would, believe 13 would, million visitors each year? Oh, and we need to update. We just finished a study with WashU really? um, that it's 15.5 million visitors now annually. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that was a that was another big project we took on because we un- wanted to understand who's visiting and how, but also understand who's not visiting. So the Brown School there really helped us with an intensive study mm-hmm. where we reached out to kind of zip codes that were underrepresented in the park and what are the barriers 
how can we make sure that you feel like this is your park too so that's been helpful mm. yeah people well, used to sleep in the park in the summertime yeah they'd get out of their house go to the park and sleep because it's mm. cooler yeah yep. i'll be darned my visualization is Washu Brown School has people lined up around with little clickers as people go in. <laughs> that was yeah, part my, of it. My yeah. buttons, I got, yeah, I got, I've got 100,000 on my index finger. Oh, Host of the World's Fair in 1904. We all knew that. Oh, yeah. It's free. We all know that. Yeah. How many miles of paths and trails? Oh. It's about 30. About 30. Yeah. And I, I didn't bring up the Kennedy Forest, too. Yeah. I like that Which one. is on the southwest yeah, side that's right. of the park. By Skinker. Yeah. Skinker. Yeah. It's right by Skinker. Skinker. Right. Yeah. And those are some of the hidden work. We have an ecologist and a, a team, we call that our nature reserve, who have really been working on changing that back over to more of a like Missouri native kind of forest mm-hmm. rather than the the honeysuckle invasive overgrowth that right. had happened over time. So a lot of good work there. You'll if, if you know what to look for, you'll see it year by year, a lot of different right. difference being made. And that's true. They're picking it off a little bit at a time rather right. than bulldozing and right. replanting. Yeah. That's good. Wow. Nature reserve. Yes. And that would be the Kennedy Forest. That includes Kennedy Forest, Successional Forest, and a, a couple prairies like what we call Deer Lake Prairie. Mm-hmm. Um, and just those are areas. We have the beautiful manicured landscapes that might have a different visual interest and then the nature reserve is more about what's Uh, more natural what would would be native to this area yeah and the wildlife love that as well as the humans 190 acres of that wow yeah that's cool the sixth most visited u.s urban park and here it is 15 million annual visitors so this was updated oh the trees guess how many trees mark who counted them? <laughs> That's what I wanted to know. Maybe the Brown School of Washington. Yeah. They did this one too. Right. I couldn't even, I can't even imagine. 47,000. Yeah. Wow. And that's, uh, that's another partnership with the city. We keep data on the trees. About 17,000 are actively uh-huh. managed um, right. by us. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot easier now with, oh, I should say that. I'm not the one doing it, but the geolocation kind uh-huh. of system. But that's another way of helping identify what the tree species is and what shape wow. it's in and wow. what needs extra care. That's so do other cities have a group like this to take care of a large urban park like this? Yes, some do. Uh, an off-sited example is the Central Park um, mm-hmm. Conservancy in New York. Others do. They're in, in different shape. What we hear, and we go to national conferences and host peers and groups like mm-hmm. that, we hear... And this is a point of pride for St. Louis. We hear that this is an innovative partnership we have with the city, this mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. close collaboration and efficiency on doing what you do best and partner on it. We also hear that, and I don't know if this is St. Louis spirit or just wanting to uplift all of St. Louis, but we hear that the collaboration we have among the similar kinds of nonprofits, like I mentioned Tower Grove and the, mm-hmm. the Arch right. Foundation and Great Rivers Greenway, they, they come to St. Louis and they're like, wow, you you all work together so well and you guys are all like trying to lift each other up and find ways and maybe i've been in st louis too much but apparently that is not the common (laughs) situation they find that is a great comment to hear about st louis it is nice to hear something good about our city yeah Yeah. Yeah. we need to hear more of those things so is i know there's central park is big this is big is there any other parks in the nation that even come close to these two I think there's one in the northwest, and I'm sorry. I I think so. That might be larger, but has more kind of Mm unmanaged or unmaintained areas. We really are. We're larger than Central Park. 
I, no one has the unique mix no. of activities in museums and mm-hmm. in, in zoos and all free. That's the other thing. People come in and they're like, wait, I can go to all of these and not pay admission. Right. And it, so that's, and that's why everybody, including lots of mm-hmm. corporate partners are like, this is unique. This yeah. needs to be supported right. and mm-hmm. sustained. I've always heard that we had like the biggest park or one of the biggest yeah. parks in the United States, which yeah. is neat. Yeah. It right is. here in St. Louis. Plus our zoo. You don't see a lot of right. zoos like this either. Yeah. Free. So, free. And free. Dominic was saying even the, the museum. Museums generally 25, 35 bucks to get in. Yeah. Yeah. Zoos are that expensive. Mm-hmm. Of course, I guess when you walk in, there's other things that kids would want to purchase. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Wow. Have we missed anything? Funding. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I yeah. Think, yeah. It's, it's I, yeah. Yeah. Tell folks how to f- help fund this thing because it's yeah. really quite a deal. I'll let you handle that since yeah. that's part of your bailiwick. We, like you mentioned, one time donations are great. We do have membership where, you know, you get little perks, but also just regular communication from us on what's happening mm-hmm. in the park because we try to promote all of the events and what the museums and zoo and everyone are doing. But there are different membership levels. You go to forceparkforever.org. Like you said, there's a support button. There's a membership join. You get some discounts on a golf course and different things like that if you join. But And we have some membership events that are really fun and bring people together in a park setting. Mm. And if you become a member, you'll not only be supporting this great place, but you'll definitely learn things you didn't know about the park and probably spaces that you haven't been to and didn't mm. realize are that's, ones you need to go to. That's very true. That's very yeah. true. And it gives you a different viewpoint of the park when you have a little investment in it. Yeah. yeah. And you, when you get yeah. in there, you appreciate it a little bit more because mm-hmm. you, you have a part, Skin. albeit maybe $25 or $25,000. Yeah. Skin no. of the game. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly mm. right. That's great. So I'm going to let uh, Dominic listen to some of our humor. Oh, but no. I, Dominic. Dominic's, he's edging towards the door now. I do have a couple things before that. Dominic, feel free to jump in anytime. <laughs> I did mention a couple names prior to at the beginning of the show okay. that people need to know. And one is Edward Hall. And maybe people have heard of Hall Street uh-huh. or New Halls Ferry yeah. or Old uh-huh. Halls Ferry. Yeah. Okay. And this is not me. This is from our friend Bernie Hayes. Oh. And Bernie's been on the show before. And he wrote this article for the St. Louis American. And he's talking about this particular name, Edward Hall, he says, if you've traveled Hall Street or Hall's Ferry or Old Hall's Ferry, mm-hmm. he was a Missouri ferry operator, born in 1803, and he died in 1866. And he was a big friend of a man named Elijah Lovejoy. And Elijah Lovejoy if was a minister, an abolitionist, mm-hmm. and is a publisher of a newspaper. And he was the guy who had his printing press thrown into the Mississippi River, oh. I think a couple times. And he was murdered in Alton, Illinois, because of his stance on abolition. And he was killed by a pro-slavery mob in 1837 while defending his anti-slavery newspaper, the St. Louis Observer. Mm. And mm. his death was a big shock to northerners and abolitionists around the area. Mm-hmm. So Hall, this riverboat captain and ferry conductor, he was wounded the same night as Lovejoy was killed. Okay. And his ferry across the Missouri River was near Florissant, and it was a stop on the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. And so he smuggled slaves across at night, 
and the New Halls Ferry Road is connected to where his ferry operated on the Missouri River. And so if you think about this boundary I'm going to give you, Lindbergh Boulevard on the north, Mm-hmm. And on the east is Highway 367 or Lewis and Clark Boulevard. Okay. On the south, Interstate 270. On the west, New Halls Ferry Road. This mm-hmm. is an area where many of the folks from who were escaping, mm-hmm. who would they would stay there, and it was called it was a settlement for the first black town in America that was actually incorporated, and Lovejoy, Illinois, was a settlement where these. African Americans came from and then they went through this area. So a very interesting kind of history there. Hmm. Again, St. Louis has amazing history, amazing problems, but amazing history. Right. And Edward Hall is the guy. And here's somebody else, Betty Lou Oliver. Now, you w- really wouldn't know this name. It's not a, uh, a name for what I would say St. Louisans, but it's a name for New Yorkers. And somebody who is familiar with the Empire State Building would be familiar with this. And Betty Lou Oliver was a, and I just lost my phone deal, but I'm going to recall off the top of my head. It was either a B-25 ran into the Empire State Building in fog. And there were, I think, I'm going to say 17 people killed. And Betty Lou Oliver was a elevator operator. And she got trapped in the elevator, and the elevator, when the plane hit, I think it canceled, it, it cut the electrical wires mm-hmm. and cut a cable, and she fell 71 stories in the elevator and lived to tell about it. Mm. So some people were saying, what do you do? Do you jump up when you think it's going to hit? Do you <laughs> lay down flat? How did you survive? You think about it. A story right. is basically 10 feet, so 710 feet. Wow. The arch yeah. is 630 feet. Right. Can you imagine? No, I can't imagine. And she survived. Right. Now, she had serious injuries. They have the brakes on them then? They used to have the brakes and the big spring at the bottom? Oh, yeah. I don't, maybe, I don't they, know. maybe she hit the spring and yeah. know, bounced a little bit. But Betty Lou Oliver. Wow. I can't tell you the date of that, but I want to say it was in the 30s because mm-hmm. my phone just went whack job. Okay. But anyway, my bank, did you know my bank has a new service? No. Where they will text you your balance. It's really cool. I just don't think they should add LOL at the end. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> you can walk around Walmart or any grocery store and uh-huh. eat grapes and nobody bothers you, but man, as soon as you eat a rotisserie chicken, here comes security. <laughs> Who is the first person? To look inside of an oyster and think, man, that really looks delicious. <laughs> Nobody. Oh. oh. Yeah. So here's some marriage advice, folks. Oh, good. Laughing at your mistakes can lengthen your life. <laughs> Laughing at your wife's mistakes can shorten it. That's a wise. Someone wise said that once. I got up at 5 a.m. this morning and ran four miles, came back, made a vegetable smoothie for breakfast did two loads of laundry, mopped and vacuumed the floors, and that's all I remember about my dream. (laughs) You are crazy. So there's this couple that's sitting at a restaurant at this beautiful view, Uh and he says, they've got a nice little dinner there. He's got a glass of wine there. He says, say something that will make my heart pound, baby. And she says, your wife is behind you. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's pretty dangerous. (laughs) People have 
You, you invite people to come over for a party and stuff. Uh-huh. I'm sure this is what many of our youth do. I'm having people over to stare at their phones later if you want to come by. Yep, yep, yep. And they're done that. Yep. Okay, now this is a serious deal. Okay, come on. It's not a joke deal. Everyone enjoys the beginning and the end. It's where everyone cheers you on. Uh-huh. But the middle is where the winning happens. It's where you have to cheer you on. Master the middle and the start and the finish will take care of themselves. That's great. Really good, good advice. Good advice. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you know today is National Handshake Day? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Do you just do a regular handshake? You don't do the, the up, down, back, over, hit the elbows kind of thing? Kind of like the basketball players. You don't do any of those. National, National Handshake Day today. Okay. Here's one. Where did it go? A National Bomb Pop Day? There Ooh, it is. Yeah, bomb pops. You ever hit a bomb pop? Oh, yeah, I remember bomb yeah. pops. That's a blast yeah. from the past. They're not really, they're, they're I'm, older, I'm older than the bomb pop is. I remember when they first came out. Yeah. So how do you eat the bomb pop? That's a question. That is a question. How yeah. do you eat it? How do you? What was it, red first, then white? Yes, blue? it was red, white, and then a blue. Mm, yeah. yeah. Like a flag. I, I tried to eat around to save the white for last, but that's. You really? Like that, is that, that right? The best? Yeah. I'd eat the the fins first. I'd yeah. have fins. I'd, right. I'd go around, I'd eat all the fins, and then yeah. I'd have a big, long, looks like a regular bomb pop or whatever it is. That's right. All right, National Bomb Pop Day. Yep, National Camera Day today is today. Take a picture while you're shaking I hands. I know, that's true. Tomorrow Eating is bomb- 6.30, June 30th, you know, the arch is... Oh, look at the golly. Wow. Good. wow, you're yeah. quite the... <laughs> he's the knowledge He's a St. Louis guy. I know, he had 626 day the other day, yeah. which is... Who 626 is? From... He's from... What's his name? He's from the Disney show. <laughs> 626. You're the Disney guy. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the little guy's name. He's a little green guy with a... All right, never mind. Big ears. Never mind. We'll come back to that. International Asteroid Day. Okay. You're supposed to go out and look at asteroids, see if you can find one. I don't have much more here. Drive your Corvette to work day. Do you have a Corvette? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Maybe a little matchbox car. I know. National Food Truck Day. Okay, yeah. Do they have food trucks ever go to Forest Park? For some events when they, you got to get permitted and all uh-huh. that, but yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah, I like a, a social media day. Uh, that's every day for yeah, some people. But it, they're specific day. It hasn't been around too long, so they're just now getting to it. Yeah, they're okay. just now getting to okay. it. And I don't know. They've got a couple others. I don't know what they are, but well, let's see. I don't. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Okay. Here's uh, I'll, two more. Okay. The boss says you should have been here at eight o'clock. Me. Why? What happened at 8 o'clock? <laughs> okay, I got, right. got a couple more here. No. <laughs> Please, no. Therapist says, you need to be more social. Invite more people over. So I put a sign up. Crying session at my house tonight at 8. Pull up. Sometimes I like to mess with my husband and hide his stuff, the wife says, where he can't find it. Like I put his shoes in the shoe closet, his jacket on the hanger, and his keys on the key hook. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah I love that. Okay. Okay. Yep, where's my shoes? Ooh. We appreciate you coming in. Thanks very much. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. yeah. Forest Park Forever, folks. Forestparkforever.org. Become a member. Support your local large park, one of the best park in 
the United States. I'd say so. Yeah. Best park in the United States. Nothing bigger or better. That's right. Yeah. That's all for this hour. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, when the Martians invade, they have to become members of Forest Park Forever also. There's only one race, the human race, and every one of us have different characteristics and is uniquely valuable. St. Louis in Tune is a production of Motif Media Group and the U.S. Radio Network. For St. Louis in Tune, co-host Mark Langston, I'm Arnold Stricker. Remember to walk worthy and let your light shine.